have been hearing a lot about Terminal 49 on our show in the last little while, but what do they really do and how do they really provide visibility in supply chains? Well, last week, Akshay, the CEO of Terminal 49, joined me to give us the scoop. So if you missed it, go and check out episode 106 wherever you subscribe to podcasts or under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. I grew up with supply chain in my blood. I spent eight years in logistics operations and another eight in sales talking to shippers and BCOs, learning all about their pain points. Visibility is one of the biggest blockers to supply chain performance and knowing where your cargo is, well, that's just the beginning. What you really want to do is avoid surprises. Terminal 49 is an ocean freight visibility platform that's out to change the game for importers and brokers. They provide an easy to use unified dashboard with track and trace functionality to replace querying hundreds of separate steamship line and terminal websites. Just by entering the bill of lading number, you will receive proactive alerts when there's an ETA change, container holds, or anything that requires action. Best of all, they can automatically update all the data you need for forecasting directly in the systems you use today, even spreadsheets. Check out Terminal49.com forward slash LTSC to learn more about Terminal 49 and they've agreed to give Let's Talk Supply Chain listeners 20% off their first year. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. There are so many exciting things happening happening in supply chain these days and conversations are being taken to a whole nother level. I want to give you a rundown of all the podcasts and webinars I've been a part of in the last little while so that you can go check them out if you have missed them. So recently I was featured on the Voice of Retail podcast where I spoke about the effects of the coronavirus. Then I was on the Freight Project podcast talking about marketing and branding in supply chain. And I was also on Leaders in Supply Chain with Radu alongside Eric Johnson of JOC talking about supply chain tech, new innovation, and what I am working on in the supply chain tech space as well. Plus, currently, I have a Super Trends series with Scott Luton and Greg White from Supply Chain Now, and we are in the middle of that series. We started off with a kickoff party live on LinkedIn. Super Trends number one will be on Supply Chain Now. Um, Number two will be on Let's Talk Supply Chain, and we will finish on Twitter in June with our wrap party. So I hope you have had a chance to listen to some of these episodes. I hope you've enjoyed them and there's so much more to come. So stay tuned. Today, I want to introduce you to a community that I have just recently partnered with. And after hearing this show today, a concept that supply chain management professionals globally will want to be a part of because you are no longer alone. And I will explain why in just a minute. But first, let's get to a review and then the question of the week. So the review 
the title of the review is disappointing. The review itself comes from Checkmate King, and they say, I've spent almost 30 years in supply chain management and logistics. I was expecting to hear conversations involving supply chain networks and logistics and the challenges that they face today. The evolution of supply chain management and logistics, digital twins, dynamic routing, last mile, dot, dot, dot. In most of my episodes, we tackle challenges that organizations as well as professionals um, you know, we, that they face, we also talk about the future. So if you are looking for last mile, there have been a few episodes, including simply deliver and Shippo. If you're looking for something specific, there is the search bar at let's talk supply If you'd like to take a look and see if we have done an episode on that particular topic. And if we haven't, I would love to hear from you so that we are producing content that we know our listeners want to hear. I love these kinds of reviews because it is the only way I can improve. And now I see that I need to be better at communicate, communicating these aspects of the show. Thank you, Checkmate King, wherever you are for helping me see the light. Now let's get to the question of the week. I asked or we asked over on Let's Talk as well as on my page, what are your best tips for overcoming jet lag? And we had a ton of people weigh in. You're not going to want to miss that one over on my LinkedIn page as well as the Let's Talk page. So if we go through a few of them, Michael LeBlanc, it's all about managing your circadian rhythms. Do your best to act like the time zones you are in. Amy Fong, for domestic U.S., I stay mostly on East Coast time, even though I live in California. It makes my work day scheduling with India, Dallas, and New York City easier and minimizes jet lag. Anthony Zampello, stay within your own time zone as much as possible. When you fly East Coast to West Coast, try to keep your schedule as much as possible on the East Coast. Alviro, Al, Alvaro says, first, don't get stressed or overwhelmed. Second, try to follow regular sleep routines. Third, follow healthy habits. And then over on the Let's Talk, I posted something that came from Phenom Clinic. If you want to hear Callum, he was actually in season one of the show talking about stress management and talking about cortisol levels. That was with Dr. Callum Cowan, if you are looking for that episode back in season one. And he said, top evidence-based ways to beat jet lag. One, get fully rested before travel. Two, make sure you are hydrated avoid alcohol. Three, get natural sunlight on waking in the new time zone. Four, eat breakfast at the natural time zone in the new time zone. Five, exercise in the morning in the new time zone. So all really, really great tips. John McClymont says melatonin and a sleep mask. Rondi Allen says I always try to adjust my clock to the new time as soon as I get on the plane and don't drink alcohol. Um, so, so many really, really great suggestions and comments. So, I encourage you to go there. Um, remember to check out that question every single Wednesday morning on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram to get in on the conversation. Thank you to everyone who joined us this week and contributed to some really great discussions. So, today, Michael Cadio, CEO, and someone who is making waves in the industry with this new concept called Procurement Foundry, is here to tell us 
us all about it. Being in supply chain and procurement himself for a number of years, he knows what professionals in our industry are looking for. So let's get to know more about his journey before we find out about procurement Foundry, a 20-year seasoned indirect sourcing industry executive who is now focusing on improving the sourcing industry as a whole through building collaborative communities such as Procurement Foundry, where fellow practitioners can learn, gather, and grow. So welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I am super excited to have you on the show because you are doing some amazing things at the Procurement Foundry. So amazing that I decided to join the family and we're partnering on all sorts of supply chain management content that I cannot wait for people to get involved with, participate. You know, we're going to be talking to some amazing people on panels and webinars and uh, yeah, so I wanted my community to get to know a little bit more about you and the Procurement Foundry. So what is Procurement Foundry all about? Yeah, so so first, thank you very much uh, for that. And uh, we are uh, as equally excited about having you with us on this journey. Um, we have been scouring the internet and social uh, arenas trying to find kind of the best of the best inside of supply chain management and procurement content developers so that uh, we can partner with them and and hopefully uh, bring them into the procurement foundry family and uh, certainly without question you're a leader in that space and that's what drew us to you and we're really excited to be working with you and developing uh, an entirely new line of content specifically focused for supply chain management folks so so thanks. We're uh, we're super excited about that. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. You're making me blush a little. <laughs> yeah. So uh, happy to talk to you a little bit about Procurement Foundry. It's it's really new uh, and coming out of the gate really quickly. So uh, so Procurement Foundry is uh, an online private community for for supply chain management and procurement indirect procurement folks to get together gather, collaborate, share information, network, benchmark, chat, uh, share stories, and all of the above. Um, it started out originally as a LinkedIn group that exploded. We had to get to a bigger platform. We investigated a bunch of collaboration platforms and landed on Slack. We relaunched and rebranded it as Procurement Factory back in June of uh, 2019, and, uh, and we just crossed over in December about 2,000 members, uh, which, which is really interesting because we've had about 2,000 members that have qualified to be members of the community, but we've had about 3,200 people actually apply. So we vet and review everybody that requests membership to Procurement Foundry uh, because we want to make sure that it's only practitioners uh, that are in there so that we can create kind of a safe haven for people to collaborate and communicate. Yeah, I like that. And you know what? I think we need more of that in the supply chain and procurement industries, right? Where it's a safe place for people to just talk about what's going on on the everyday, you know, um, talk about how others have come across the challenges that maybe I'm dealing with today. Um, and collaboratively come up with different solutions so that everybody can you know benefit from that yeah absolutely um 
Yeah, what's interesting is we're starting to see the virtual meet the physical. And uh, and with Procurement Foundry over the last eight months, we've actually had a bunch of members volunteer to be regional chapter leaders. And now we've got about 20 regional chapters around the world, uh, primarily in North America and Canada. Uh, Canada is huge uh, for Procurement Foundry. And, uh, and they're hosting <clears throat> physical meetups uh, in different regions like Toronto and Calgary and Boston, New York, Atlanta. Uh, we're out in uh, London, uh, L.A., uh, Southern California. We just turned Connecticut online. So <clears throat> what's happening is that we're having non-vendor-sponsored, just pure member meetup so that there's not really any sales initiative in the room and uh, really allows people to relax and enjoy themselves, do some really good networking, maybe talk about you know job opportunities that they're looking for or they have. And uh, it's been fantastic so far and continues to grow exponentially every month. Yeah, I can tell you that I was just recently at the Toronto one with Larry. And um, yeah, it was a really, really great space. Um, A lot of really great people attended. I saw a lot of comments on the posts from people that said, you know, why didn't I know about this? Why, you know, I would have loved to have made it. And so you're creating a lot of buzz, like you said, virtually as well as in person, which which is really huge as well. And I know Mark Raffin, he is he is. handling the ones out in Calgary, correct? Uh, it's a collaborative effort between Mark and a guy named Dave Shepard, who uh, he is, uh, Dave is, is one of our thought leaders inside of Spen Analytics, and he's also the regional chapter leader out in Calgary. But okay. uh, Dave and Mark kind of go hand in hand where Dave is, Mark is. And, um, and so Dave has been instrumental in getting us there. Dave also helps us on our uh, annual salary and compensation survey data uh, that we're actually finalizing this week. So, yeah, Yeah, Calgary's a big spot for us. Toronto's a big spot for us. Uh, And I think we're averaging now like 30, 35 people per meeting up there, which is amazing considering this didn't exist eight months ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you how do people join Procurement Foundry? I mean, you said that you had thirty two hundred people apply um yeah. you've only let 2000 in i mean what does that look like how do you get in uh it's a lot of late nights vetting through people's profiles online but uh yeah so how do how do people get in, involved in procurement funding that's a great question so we have a um companion website at procurementfoundry.com that talks a lot about you know the group and about why it was formed and who's involved and where the regional chapters are. It's got our blog in there. We're posting blog uh, content uh, a couple times a week. Um, But inside of, if you go to procurementfoundry.com, right staring you right in the face, right when you log in, is a membership join button. Uh, Procurement Foundry is completely free, by the way. We haven't mentioned that yet. So uh, Procurement Foundry is free if you qualify, which is that you are a practitioner. If you don't qualify, you don't get in. There isn't a pay version of this thing. So, uh, so, so if you fill out the membership request form, that comes to our team. We do a background check on you to make sure that you are who you say you are, that you're a practitioner in the space. 
that you're not, you know, a rogue salesperson or business development lead uh, or consultant trying to get in to sell your consultancy practices. Uh, and then we invite you in and we give you access and kind of give you a little tour of the of the foundry, which is a Slack-based collaboration community. And, uh, and then you're off and running. And we've seen people hit the ground asking questions and engaging with people literally hours after they get their acceptance. So it really is a real-time collaboration community. Just this morning, I was looking at some questions that people have posted up throughout the night. And they're already getting answers and responses from other procurement family members in hours. That's amazing. And you have some fun channels like the water cooler, right? Yeah, yeah. So we try to build a true community. Um, so we we have, like you said, the water cooler where we'll talk about anything from sporting events to what people did this weekend to, you know, what what people are looking to get out of, you know, uh, I don't know, anything from career to non-career related activities. Uh, we also have things like the job boards, uh, which is which is booming. We're getting a lot of job listings inside of the job boards. Uh, somebody mentioned to me the other day that they are taking their job listings down off of LinkedIn and now putting in the procurement boundary because the vetting process is so strong that they're getting better candidates out of the procurement boundary, which I thought was amazing. Wow. And that's what hashtag procurement gigs, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So we started hashtag procurement gigs on LinkedIn. And now a lot of that is starting to translate over into the procurement foundry. So uh, we also have um, a board for uh, for folks that are looking for jobs for candidates. So not only do we have a job board, but we have a candidate board. So if you're a candidate, you can post up your CV. People can look at it. You can interact with them. So it's a it's proactive on both sides of the equation. We don't want to just have job boards. We want to have people who are actively looking. Um, Absolutely. And the interaction is key, right? Being able to interact within that safe community to be able to ask questions. You could probably vet them right there inside the community as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we've got folks that are monitoring the conversation. So we've got content moderators who are listening to what people are talking about and making sure that it's not salesy. Um, Yeah. We also have things like the reading room, what people are reading right now. So we want to really make a community where you want to come back to. Uh, we've got huge engagement. So about 35% of our community checks in on Procurement Foundry at least once a week, which they're staggering numbers compared to some other uh, communities that are out there. Absolutely. So I know, well, we know from your bio that I mentioned at the beginning of in the intro of this episode that you've been in procurement for a number of years. And so I'm surprised that, you know, there's even so much more to learn. But what have you learned from the industry so far just by running Procurement Foundry? Yeah, um, great question. Uh, Definitely without a shadow of a doubt, the single thing I've learned the most is uh, how much empathy there is out there in the procurement and supply chain community for other members of the community and their willingness to help in any way, shape, or form. Um, that that is, is by far probably the biggest thing I've learned uh, about about the folks that, that we call peers in the industry. We've got an entire set of channels, collaboration channels, specifically around individual aspects of spend, 
So we've got, for example, we've got a, a supply chain management logistics channel. Uh, we've got an indirect procurement IT technology channel. And the willingness of people to give advice or direction or strategy or even share things like templates and things like that has been overwhelming. Um, as long as uh, they can know and understand that they're not necessarily in a competitive arena, um, yeah. then then their their willingness to, to help is just shocking to me. Which, you know, is amazing to see, right? Because we always talk about collaboration and we talk about, but not everybody has time to be able to connect with um, like-minded individuals and people within the same industry or within the same space of what they're working through day to day. And it's not something that you have to wait to be face to face. Yeah. So so that's that's really why... I actually built Procurement Foundry uh, was because I've been in the industry, you know, a couple of decades. I, um, as as out extroverted as some people think that I am, I really consider myself to be kind of an introvert. You'll find me at conferences, not really talking to a lot of people, and um, and the people that I I'm do surprised. talk to. I would grab business cards from or have a five minute, you know, conversation with over lunch, something like that. And I'd always go back to my office and, and say, yeah, I'm going to get in touch with these people, put the business stack of business cards down and talk about getting in touch with them next week. And it just never came. I mean, you come back, you get plugged back in, you're doing 300 emails a day, you know, in sourcing and procurement. Uh, I certainly was really busy as a CPO and my networking lagged uh, horribly and what I wanted to do is I wanted to build a community where I could, you know, network with people, share ideas, bounce questions off of them, and do this all without having to pay somebody a ridiculous amount of money for a collaboration environment. Uh, that's the, the ones that are out there today. And I thought, okay, can I do this and do it in a manner that's free so that everybody can be involved um, and, and we've been successful so far. Awesome. Awesome. And so what do you think the next six months to 12 months look like? I mean, you've had some amazing growth in the last eight months and I'm sure you've got lots of, lots of plans for the procurement foundry. So what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, so certainly one of them is, is as you announced earlier, is expanding our coverage of supply chain management. Right now we are about 70% indirect procurement and about 30% supply chain management. And uh, I think that's just because of my own personal background and my, my network of people who have been early adopters into procurement foundry. But I think that there's a, a massive amount of opportunity and value for the supply chain management folks to engage inside of procurement foundry uh, and bring all of their knowledge and, and shared uh information and networking capabilities to that. So certainly one of the big things we're going to be doing in the next six months is uh, from a, from a membership perspective is focusing a lot on supply chain management and creating content for those folks. Uh, the next thing we're, we're doing is uh, we're also going to be getting into uh, pro bono space. So we've had some really good experiences recently with some nonprofits that don't have procurement and supply chain management organizations uh, we're going to give them access to the Procurement Foundry 
and then just let our members try to help them. So imagine if the chief information officer from UNICEF posted into his channel that he needed some help with some software contracts and two or three software experts could give him an hour of their time um, through Procurement Foundry where they don't have to physically be in New York City where UNICEF's offices are. I mean, you can add a lot of value to a nonprofit like that. Yeah, I completely I'm just going to jump in there really quickly because I completely agree with that. When I had Kathy Fulton from Alanade on the show last year, she was talking about the fact that it doesn't have to be monetary help. It needs to be they need expertise like the, the companies in this space that are really helping in when disaster strikes or different things like that, they don't have a background in supply chain or procurement. And those are the spaces that they're spending the most time and money on. And so just having access to other professionals that can give them, um, you know, can share their expertise is invaluable. So kudos to you, because I think that that's a great addition. Yeah. Um, we're also, we're also looking at educational alliances with four year accredited schools that do supply chain management. We're in discussions with a couple of them right now. Uh, we want to be able to give them access to procurement foundry so that they can promote their, uh, secondary school education ongoing curriculums. But we also want to give them access to their undergrads to potentially give them mentor opportunities, mentor mentee opportunities. I mean, we've got, 2,000 procurement people across 51 countries right now uh, with a lot of experience. The average experience right now inside of the procurement foundry is 11 and a half years of experience. So if we can take one of those large schools, two of those large schools, and offer their you know 500 to 1,000 undergraduates, mentors that are actually in the industry, while giving them access to procurement foundry and letting them see what's happening on the front lines of sourcing and supply chain management, uh, I think it's a huge opportunity for those schools to engage. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. And especially just the opportunity for them, you know, from a career perspective as well. I mean, that's just going to give them that boost to get into their supply chain career and also make them more excited than they already are about procurement and supply chain and what it looks like today and where it's going in the future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've had some people kind of offline tell me, Hey, I'm a third year student as an undergrad at XYZ school of supply chain management. I've been following procurement foundry for the last three months and I've learned more from procurement foundry than my last three years at higher ed. I'm not going to name names schools, but (laughs) that that's pretty powerful. Uh, when they're, when, they're, when an undergrad's coming in and spending a couple hours a day reading through the posts of 2,000 practitioners, uh, it gives them a real good flavor for the market that they're going to be entering into, the type of company they want to be involved with, what to expect when they get on the ground, uh, lots, of, lots of experience there. And probably the most interesting part is it now creates an opportunity and a funnel for talent for people who are looking to hire. I mean, there's a massive shortage as you know, yeah. in talent in both supply chain and indirect procurement. And my goal is to help this mentor-mentee uh, relationship become uh, a, uh, a funnel for, for new talent acquisition to the companies. We're actually talking about building 
uh, a virtual job fair inside a procurement foundry for some time in June or July for the graduating students so that people can come into procurement foundry and virtually bounce around from company to company and hold virtual interviews. It's really exciting what you can do with the technology. Once you kind of set your mind at ease on, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you really start to think about what the technology can now offer us, it's amazing. Some of the stuff we're starting to come up with. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this out there. I think maybe we should do a podcast episode around that once that, virtual job fair has been done and we can share some of the findings with the community if you want yeah 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 yeah, absolutely so let's talk a little bit about the content that we are that you're creating now and that we're going to be creating together for supply chain management professionals what does that look like what are they what are they going to have access to yeah so so right now um we have a platform called original content our content strategy is three-tiered so the first tier of our content strategy is the content that all of our members create in real time. We've got about 22,000 posts so far, uh, original posts from all of our members. So just that quantity of content alone and the fact that it's searchable and indexed is huge. Somebody can come in and read about RPA bots. Somebody can come in and I just saw a chat the other day about somebody's going to RFP for pallets, right, in, in logistics space. Uh, you can search for just about any topic there, and that's 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 kind of the the basis of our content. Then the next level up is what we call original content series, which is where we're engaging with folks like yourself, Sarah. And our original content series starts with either AMA events for subject matter experts, where we're bringing in you know real thought leaders and and letting our membership ask them questions, log into meetings, and ask them questions. We're recording all that and then publishing it back out into uh, the procurement foundry for consumption by our members. We also do webinars. So, for example, we had uh, a webinar from somebody who is uh, inside of advertising and marketing as a category uh, for, for sourcing. And they were talking about you know changes in strategy associated with negotiating with advertising agencies and how that's changing very rapidly today. They did a 45-minute webinar on that. Uh, we had that webinar actually before they then went to a conference and, and presented that at a conference, which was amazing. We had about 50 people log into that, and they were all asking questions, recorded all that, put it into the theater inside of Procurement Foundries, so now our members can consume that. We're also kicking off panel discussions. Um, so we'll bring three or four subject matter experts together and let them talk about you know emerging topics or a specific topic. And that's what we're really starting to do uh, and hoping to do with yourself in the supply chain space is bring in some more supply chain AMAs and webinars, uh, both subject matter experts and potentially uh, folks that have solutions that they want to expose to the procurement foundry family. But then at the same time, uh, we're generating and developing an entire series of topic discussions with panels of three to four people that Sarah, you, we can, I guess we can, I guess we can announce this, that Sarah's going to host on our behalf and, uh, and, and drive once a month, have, you know, real big subject matter experts on, you know, either logistics or, you know, the Uberization of the freight industry, real hot topics right now that we'll be hitting once a month uh, and, and then publishing that out. We're really excited about the idea that we're going to be live streaming this now as opposed to just recording and publishing it back out. So 
We'll probably be going live stream early next month uh, across all of our social platforms and our our um, landing pages and uh, accounts in those places, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. So, uh, so yeah, tons and tons of stuff we're working on from a content perspective uh, and doing blogs in our blog channels, guest writing blogs. We've got folks lining up who are interested in building out their own brands uh, and have something they want to talk about and using the platform of Procurement Foundry to communicate that out. So, we help, uh, we help craft a story and help them write an article, and then we'll post it out as a guest blogger inside of our blog. So tons of content across different types of content uh, and really trying to help the practitioners, uh, number one, gain knowledge, get together, network, and build their brands for their future. Which is amazing. And I want to go back to the panel discussions because – no longer do you have to take time out of your schedule and your day to travel to a conference to hear a panel on a specific topic. Yeah. Now you're bringing it to them virtually, which, you know, at the end of the day is really going to help not only in time, which is really the only thing that we have, um, but to be more efficient, too. Yeah. What's really interesting about that, and I'm glad that you brought that up, what's really, really interesting about that is it benefits on both sides of the equation. So, yes, you know, you've got practitioners who don't have time to go to a regional event in, you know, I don't know, Dallas or California or Southern Florida or wherever the event is. Right. And take two or three days out of their schedule to hear that and to go to that event. Plus it's, it's quite a bit of money. Right. Um, and time away from the office. And if you're pumping out 200 emails a day, you know, two days away from the office is, is, you know, six months in, in sourcing years. Right. Um, but then on the other side of that, what's really interesting is from a content development perspective for folks like you and I, it's really exciting because now we don't have the geographical boundaries of just finding people who can be on a panel who can make it to Texas for the week, right? Exactly. Um, so now we can have, you know, heads of, we, we, I mean, the, the, the ability for us to source subject matter experts is exponentially larger now because we can bring them into the procurement foundry cyber stage electronically remotely uh, for an hour of their time. You know, we can bring in, we can have a panel with somebody from Mumbai, somebody from Germany and somebody from, you know, Colorado with you sitting in Canada with the whole being the, the, the moderator for the panel and, and really get, some amazing content. Which is amazing because, yeah, then we can really collaborate and have a global discussion on a scale that you wouldn't necessarily get at a conference, like you said, because it's based on who can make that conference um, for that topic. And so it really gives us an opportunity to talk to thought leaders from around the world that are going to give us perspectives that we've probably never even heard of before. Yeah, certainly. And couple that up with the fact that we're going to be live streaming that content. And now the audience size gets exponentially larger. I mean, you'll go to a conference and there'll be 100, 200 people in the room if you're really lucky, right? Um, Procurement Foundry right now, after eight months, has 5,000 followers and we're growing at, you know, 150, 200 followers a week. So 
by the time we go live with that, we'll probably be around 6,000, 6,500, 7,000 followers. I mean, that's a big audience when you go live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. And the collaboration, the feedback, the questions, again, you don't have to be in Dallas or Florida or Southern California anymore to be active and engaged and consuming content like this. And, uh, and it, I, I suspect it's going to be really exciting. I think, I think we're going to see some, personally, I, I think it's the future of, you know, content creation in our marketplace. Well, and I think if people are worried about the networking side of conferences, um, I just want to reference the panel discussion that we did with Mark and Eloise um, a few weeks ago and the discussions that were there. Like the people on LinkedIn were discussing our conversation right then and there and they were talking to each other and they were tagging other people. And so, you know, the networking side of it is not lost. No, no, not at all. People, fact, are, people are, yeah. I think it's enhanced. I really do. I, you know, you'll see, uh, I see a lot of side conversations take off, um, both from the content that we're creating and then also from just the community itself. In fact, about 30% of all of the, of the activity that's taking place inside of the procurement foundry is actually uh, direct person to person conversation and not in the public channels. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are finding and collaborating with new networking opportunities and then kind of taking that offline and having private one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, both from within the content events and from within the, the, the streamed conversations that are taking place around topics inside of the community itself. So it's really, really interesting what's what's happening yeah and you're accumulating a lot of data um and i so i want to get to that because i think you're using the data pretty wisely and you've um come out with a salary and compensation survey that i don't think we've seen data like this before do you want to just talk a little bit about that and what some of those tasty findings that you you had from the survey yeah yeah sure i mean um yeah it's 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 interesting what you can do when you get 2000 procurement and supply chain management people together in a room and they're heavily engaged. Right. So again, we built the procurement foundry to help the actual practitioners. And if we can help the practitioners, whatever kind of rolls off of that and helps the companies that they work for, that's great. But our primary goal is to help the practitioners learn more, network more, uh, help build their brands more, uh, help them with a career pathing if we can, give them knowledge. And one of those things that we decided to do really early on was to, from time to time, create a survey of the community. And there's no bigger need for a survey inside of this community than probably salary and compensation survey. So back in December, we, we put together a 30-question salary and compensation survey and at the time, we had about uh, 1,800, 1,700, 1,800 people involved. We had about 500 people uh, actually fill out the survey. So we had about 30% of our community fill out a salary and compensation survey, completely anonymous. Uh, in fact, I don't even know who the folks were. All I know is that they were part of the Procurement Foundry. 
And, uh, and 30%, just so you know, Sarah, that's an enormous number. Most compensa- most surveys that are done inside of groups like ours, they'll get one or 2% participation at best, right? Wow. So, so we're, we're way, way ahead in the engagement model. Um, some of the really, really interesting things that came out of that survey um, is our, our first and foremost uh, around the compensation gap between men and women, right? So uh, there's absolutely no question that there is a compensation gap uh, between men and women in the sourcing industry. Uh, but more interesting than that, we actually, because we asked people what regions they're in and what industries they're in, uh, we actually broke it down into five different regions across the United States. Uh, I'm sorry, six regions across the United States because most of our uh, uh, feedback was in the U.S. market. So we broke it down, and we can show people from junior associate level all the way through to C-level what the compensation levels are between men and women. Uh, women are, are lagging behind probably somewhere around 18% right now. Uh, it changes from from uh, from region to region and from educational level to educational level, which we have in that as well. But uh, certainly that, that compensation gap is still alive. Uh, it's getting better, but not as fast as I think everybody would like. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's surveys like that that are really going to shine the light on it yep. um, and elevate the voice in that space, which is what we need. Yeah. I mean... We can't move the needle forward if we don't have the data and the information to do that. Okay, so as we wind down, what are your last thoughts on the future of supply chain management? Um, I, I think that um, supply chain management is, and, and indirect procurement, I think is an extremely uh, challenging career path. Um, there are a number of what I'll call uh, undercurrents that are taking place right now. One of them, obviously, is the, the, the gap in knowledge and the talent gap. So I think that, and I was just talking about this in one of our other AMAs with one of the largest recruiters in the United States, the talent gap is actually causing um, almost a bidding war in some cases for really good talent right now, and we're in a positive economy. Imagine what happens when the economy flips a little bit and people now have to really focus on cost savings and optimization, right? And and risk assessment, it's going to get even stronger. I think that we're going to start to see um, the transformation of the compensation model in procurement and supply chain management into into more of a meritocracy than just a compensation model of base salary and benefits. I think that it's going to move closer to the sales side because as the sales side brings in revenue, the sourcing and supply chain management side actually uh, secure and protect uh, revenue and margin. And I see that being a compensation model in the future where they're actually uh, merited out on that, very similar to some of the sales uh, uh compensation models that are out there today. So that's something that I definitely see. I also see a, a big shift towards uh, a consultant, a buy versus build inside of both supply chain and procurement uh, from a staffing perspective, because there's just such a shortage of talent. I think that procurement and supply chain management, 
are kind of the laggards in the back office operations, where if you look at HR and benefits and legal and some of the others, they've gone to almost a fully outsourced model for subject matter expertise, other than some leadership and governance inside of their back office operations. I think procurement is still in the, hey, we want to build it space, but I think they're going to have to move towards the okay, I've got a couple of thought leaders, but I want to buy my subject matter expertise, both in supply chain and procurement. So I think there'll be a movement towards more and more uh, consulting engagements for subject matter expertise as the next 24 to 36 months continue. Really, really, really interesting views, especially on the compensation side. I mean, I can't wait to see what what comes out of that. Um, And on the subject matter expert, those are some really great insights into the future of supply chain management. Well, procure, Procurement Foundry is definitely the place to be. So if you want more information about Mike, this episode, and Procurement Foundry, go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 107, or you can visit them directly at procurementfoundry.com. Thanks, Mike, for coming on the show today and sharing all your insights and the amazing work that you're doing at the Procurement Foundry. Thanks, I really appreciate you giving us the time to talk about it. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you like this episode, be sure to check out the rest of our episodes under podcast at letstalksupplychain.com. Next week, we are back on the blockchain train with Omnichain. Diane will be here to tell us about how their platform is the digital fit for the future of supply chain. They are using blockchain in a whole new way, and it will change the way you do business. So stay tuned for that episode. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. Follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, subscribe to our newsletter or subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts as well as subscribe on YouTube, the SC Supply Chain TV. Ships.com, yes, we are in full beta. If you are a forwarder or a shipper that wants to streamline the pricing of your air freight and ocean freight shipments, gain access to more choice worldwide and utilize the best of data to reduce shipping risks, then you won't want to miss out on our platform. Go to ships.com and uh, sign up and we will be in touch with you. Next, if you've got a supply chain professional, procurement professional, logistics professional in your life, go and check out our merch under shop at letstalksupplychain.com. We also have our supply chain dictionary, which is 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions you will need for your supply chain career. Lastly, go and rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.